January 17. Welcome in. It's 2019 and we're back. I'm Leo Saylor. We've got Safwan Avi and Ryan Poli joining us back. as always. Hiatus, We've man. missed yeah. you guys. What's up? What's up? Yeah. We've got a lot to talk about today, but real quick before we dive into the sports stuff, let's talk a little bit about our uh, winter break. How was it for y'all? Yeah, so uh, for me, um, just yeah, again, hope everyone listening had a enjoyable holiday season. You know, friends, family, loved ones, all of that great stuff. Happy New Year. Um, for me, I didn't do too much. It was just nice, relaxing, doing the things I usually do, just going to the gym, playing yeah. video games, taking it easy, you know, just living, doing the things, working, you know, just doing the things... I guess people my age do now. I guess maybe yeah, a little nothing, a little something. But yeah, look, just you know, enjoying enjoying time with my family. You know, taking it easy, just overall, just an enjoyable time. Yeah, I, I spent most of my time working at UPS. I was a driver helper, fifteen an hour, just like sitting on the truck and dropping packages off for like seven hours a day. It's like you know, pocket change for beer money later. But that was Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday workout, and after that it's just video games. So. The reason why I didn't get my Christmas, like, package on time. Oh, that's is my that, fault? Yeah, I was going to say. That's, did you do UPS? Yeah. Huh. Did you do overnight delivery? No. Then everything is just thrown in the truck and praying it just ends up at your doorstep. Great. UPS, you've been exposed. <laughs> <laughs> Looking brown, not do for you. <laughs> Alrighty, let's uh, let's jump right in. Safwan, yeah. what's up first? Yeah, so we got a lot of things to talk about, guys, as Leo mentioned. So the first thing we're going to dive into is the Cincinnati Reds. We're just going to pick up from the last podcast. We talked about the Reds for about 45 minutes real quick. The Reds made a big trade over the break. They acquired Yasiel Puig, Alex Wood, and Matt Kemp in exchange for Homer Bailey, Jeter Downs and one more prospect that I can't think of right now. I think he's just some a catcher or something mm-hmm. like that. He's a catcher. Yeah, and also the Reds received nine million in cash. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think of this trade? Well, you forgot the last component that the Reds received. That the Reds received. Yeah. So there was Kemp, there was Puig, yep. there was Cash, and there was Wood. We got yeah. rid of Homer Bailey. Yep, that's the other thing we received. <laughs> we received Homer oh. Bailey coming off our books. Addition by subtraction. Exactly. Addition exactly. By subtraction. I think it's in. Uh, we have to get rid of Kemp because we have too many outfielders now. I disagree. Really? You play Kemp like every game? So overall, I, pull I, it real quick. Pull, do you overall, think it was a good this is or a bad great, trade? great, great trade. Great move. Okay. The best thing they've done the past five years. Leo, what did you think? Good move, bad move, okay, great. I thought it was a really, really good move. And I, I mean, you look at Alex Wood and. I would not necessarily expect him to be the pitcher we saw him be a couple years ago, and last year he was also pretty good. I wouldn't expect him to be that dominant, specifically at Great American Ballpark. We need starting pitching. We do need starting pitching, and he's a very more than formidable, um, you know, two-three starter. Um, So definitely a a good pickup there, Yasiel Puig. We all know the talents there. Sometimes I think he's a better athlete than he is a baseball player. I agree. Um, But ultimately, still a really exciting player to watch. He can do a lot of really good things on the field. People in the stands. Exactly. He's He's going to put butts in seats and. And Kampa, a veteran, I don't want a, a, a veteran, a veteran, yeah. I don't want to call him a journeyman, but he's kind of been a journeyman. Yeah, he's played for a different team. He's played for the Padres, yep. now he plays for the he plays for the Reds, he's played for the Dodgers. Um, there was one other team that I, I believe he played for that. Diamondbacks, right? Was it, no, it was, no, it was Atlanta Braves. The Braves, uh, yep, that's okay, what it is. Yeah. Now that I think about it, he signed that mammoth contract after he almost Huge. went 40-40. Mm-hmm, he yeah. signed that with the Dodgers. At that time, he, he was, was then the traded to the Padres. He was then traded Back to, to the Dodgers. No, no, no. He was to traded Braves. to the Braves, then to the Dodgers, then to the Reds. So if I'm not mistaken, there's a very real chance 
four teams are writing paychecks to Matt Kemp. It's nuts. If I'm not mistaken, I think majority of it is coming from the Padres because they're the ones who signed him to the contract. They signed him to the contract. Right. He was the one who got the big, you know, hundreds of million dollar contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, overall, I think it was a really nice trade for the Reds. You know, they got rid of a bad contract and they gained That's cash. That's the only reason it's a great contract for me. Like, not because they got Puig and Kemp, obviously. With, like, they got, they got rid of a, a they terrible rid of contract. And they got $9 million, and they got rid of his contract and gained $9 million. Mm-hmm. Like, the Dodgers gave mm-hmm. the Reds $9 million in cash. Um, I think Yasiel Puig and Kemp, they're going to flourish at GABP. Not, be, not, not even just because of the ballpark, because the Reds hired the Dodgers hitting coach, Turner Ward. Mm-hmm. And remember, Matt Kemp was struggling to get back himself, and he finally had a resurrection of his career last year with Turner Ward, and mm-hmm. Puig had pretty solid numbers with Turner Ward. He was who helped Josh Turner reinvent his swing. Yeah, you know, so Turner Ward is a really nice um, hitting coach. And, you know, they got Alex Wood. Again, we don't think he's he's going to be an ace or anything like that, but it adds depth he's a formidable to, a, you know, a bad pitching staff, mm-hmm. you know. And, bad pitching and staff. And he, he could be a nice, formidable player. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we – and even though it's – like you said, there's a lot of players in the outfield, and, you know, depth is not a bad thing. You know, you can't have enough good players on mm-hmm. the team. I don't care what sport you play, you can't have enough good players on the team. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think it just bolsters a really good lineup. You know, one of the, I think one There's of the There's going to be runs every game. I have one of the four or five best lineups in all of baseball now. You know, having Suarez. At least having, in the NL. Well, exactly. Real quick, let's let's just, we don't want to get too in-depth with this. We do have a lot to yeah, get to. Yeah, we have a lot to get into. But let's, let's, let's map out a... Not necessarily a lineup, but your your starting um, your ideal starting nine for the first yeah game. exactly well we'll call it eight okay with the pitcher spot yeah right exactly so Barnhart behind the plate Butter up first there's been rumors about trading for Real Muto no, not interested like we got, like I got we have not a chance you know, the yeah. Gold Glover why get rid of him when exactly. he bats at least two thirty two fifty yeah. that's good for a catcher and he's ascending he's getting better every year like yeah. Barnhart he got better mm-hmm. as a hitter last year he's a Gold Glove he's he's a great defenseman and he's going all these young pitchers love throwing to him too that's and and they just uh, boarded arbitration with the uh, Casali the backup catcher who had a really nice year as a backup mm-hmm. so there's no need to go get Ralph Muto at all so we got. Tucker behind the plate. We got Votto at first, a lock. Second base, we got Scooter Jeanette. He's got, he got that one yep, year. Yep, he avoided his arbitration, so he'll be here this year. Right, and then obviously Peraza. Peraza. Had a really nice year last year. Hopefully he keeps ascending. Over at shortstop, Eagle, and then Eagle. third base, yep, you got Suarez. Suarez. Yep. And then here's the where it gets interesting. Yeah. So Puig. So, so let's lay out our candidates. Puig, Kemp, Shevler. Winker. 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 Um, and then, I mean, obviously you've got the big man down in the minor leagues that we're all waiting on. Nick Senzel. Nick Senzel. Where yeah. is he going to play? Is he going to make the roster? Not opening day, no. You think they think they wait? I think they wait a little bit because they want Kemp. And yeah. They want Winker and Ray. And also, I, I, don't, I mean, again, this well, is that's later. That's all lefties, isn't it? Look at the left. Let's see. Winker's a lefty. The two righties are Puig and oh, Kemp, the two right. guys we got. And then everybody else is a left-hander. Mm-hmm. Winker's a left-hander. Shevler's a left-hander. And Senzel, if you want to throw him in, he's a right-hander. So they have a Okay, good. Ball. So we got a little mixed match there. Mix, yeah. We've always had too many left-handed hitters, and I feel like that's uh, one I mean, of honestly, you put anywhere. Right. Let's just let's just say, you know, for sake, we'll put Puig in center field with Billy Hamilton gone. Uh, Jesse Winker in left field and Shevler right field. You know, that that's a nasty lineup. Also, mm-hmm. real quick, MLB.com said um, on a poll, they wrote an article, the best hitter in not just the NL, not just the AL, in baseball that you don't know about is Jesse Winker. Mm-hmm. So just imagine that, him becoming an all-star with a lineup full of all-stars. Well, he had an on-base percentage. Of, it was something crazy. I think it was like 390 when he went down. He, yeah, people forgot he, that he was his he was skyrocketing as a hitter before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And if he continues that pace, this lineup can go get you five, six runs a game easily. Yeah, mm-hmm. along with easily. all the 
prospects that look like they're going to yeah. make an impact. And, like, and, and the Reds still having a top 10 far system, you know, with the guys like Green, Trammell, India, another top 10 pick being put in the uh, farm system this year. So yeah. the Reds are looking up, man. I like I this trade. They're this looking year, up. This year's creating the hype for the next two years to come. Because mm-hmm. yeah. the future is still ahead of them, obviously. Yeah. With Hunter Green and Senzel coming yeah. up and all that. And Jonathan India, India yeah. you know. And this is going to be the starters this year. Years, unless they yep. trade one or two. The, of the them. Suarez, you know, he's going to be the guy. You know, uh, Jesse Winker, he's going to be here for a long time. It's, it's exciting. If you're like, a Reds fan, yeah. it's, it's starting yeah. to get exciting. Even if they're not that great, they're very interesting. Yeah. So, so there's there's a lot to look forward to in Redsland. I think let's pivot a little bit with the Reds talking. Go from we were talking about the trade. Now let's look at the Dodgers side of things. Oh, they, yeah, they didn't get a whole lot back. We're not going to go into the return that they got. But why did that make why did they choose to make that trade with the I Reds? think uh, it's real they two words, Bryce Harper. For Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper, I mean, I, that's yeah. the only thing that I can think of, mm-hmm. getting rid of all that money. They waived Homer Bailey. They're not keeping Homer Bailey on the staff. No. They got rid of two contracts, a big one, mostly just Matt Kemp, and Puig making more money. I, I mean, I don't see them doing anything but trying to go get Bryce Harper. Mm-hmm. Unless I'm missing something, I think this was a Bryce Harper move. Put it this way. We as fans look at professional sports contracts and say, 10 years, 300 million. It's as simple as that. There's a lot of intricacies to it. Mm-hmm. There's intricacies re- regarding taxes, which change depending on what state you play in. There's yeah. intricacies depending on players who get injured or maybe they make the All-Star game, they get a certain bonus. Incentives. Yeah. Incentives. Yes. And, and there's certain things in the contract that we as fans don't even know exist in you know, sports contracts. Money. Exactly. And, and so there's a lot more to it than that. And so that's why these contracts can take a while rather than someone just saying, oh, that much money over this many years, Dundee, I'll sign it. Because there's a lot more to it than just that. There's a reason why sports agents are often lawyers. And it's for that same reason. And so the truth that I, I've really been kind of convinced of is that Bryce Harper is going to sign with the Dodgers. The number of years and the money is, for the most part, if not entirely, decided and done. And all that's being worked on now is all that further stuff. Because if you're the Dodgers, you cannot make the trade they made with the Reds unless you're positive that Bryce Harper is signing with you. I mean, I mean, I mean if if Bryce Harper were to not sign with the, the Dodgers... Idea, because the, the Dodgers still want to contend. Because the Dodgers still well, want to contend. They want to... They're in trouble. Series. Yeah. Yeah. Without Harper, are they a playoff team? Ooh. You, lo- you lose your hitting coach. You go from... What, what were they? An NLCS... <laughs> team this year, right? They went to the World Series they, two years they, in a row. Yeah, that's right. World yeah, Series two years in a row. Series, yeah. You lose what you lost in the trade with the Reds, and you don't get the guy that you're making room yeah. for. And you, you lose might your not, coach. You go from yeah. two-time National League champions yeah. to not making the playoffs that's if you don't possible, get this yeah. guy. You do not take that risk. The only way you make the trade you made with the Reds is if it's a done deal that Bryce Harper's going to sign with you, and all that's to wait is letting the ink dry. That, that has to be. You know, the Dodgers, like I said, like they're not rebuilding. They're not getting rid of Puig and Kemp to start rebuilding, though. They're, they're going to get Corey Seager back. You know, remember the mm-hmm. top shortstop in, uh, in the farm system? You know, he was this big thing, and he was playing well. He gets hurt last year. He's coming back, you know, and they yeah, still have a really good lineup. They still have Justin Turner, Cody Ballinger. They still have all the – Dave Roberts is a solid manager, two years, two World Series. I think he's a pretty good manager. You know, so they're trying to compete, and Bryce Harper is just going to take them to that next level. You know, he's a he's a superstar. It's LA, so fans are gonna come, but that's just more you know, more butts and seats, you know, makes more Dodgers, you know, showtime, you know, getting all these big names. That's what LA's about, you know. Showtime. The, the sunshine and having the names, having the bright lights right under you. Prediction, what will he sign for? I think I don't think he gets his three hundred million dollar contract. I think it goes to about two hundred and fifty. Over how many years? over anywhere between 7 to 10. Mm-hmm. See, the key for him there is to be on the lower end of that because otherwise, if he signs a 
10-year, $275 million, then he lost out because the Nationals have already offered him that 10-year, $300 million contract. So I think he wants to become the highest-paid player in uh, baseball history right now. I think it's Stanton who signed, what, 10 For $325 million. Something insane like that. It's interesting, especially regarding a guy who did not have a good season. Now, I'm not talking he had an off season. He had a bad season yeah, last he year. He wasn't very good. Like last 240, season. something bad. Like if you look at a season, he's not worth a quarter of what he's probably going to make. Well, right. No, not probably. He he's is going to make. Future. Yeah, exactly. You know, but he's a reigning MVP. You know, he's a he's a phenom prodigy. His name has been up there with the greats since he was 16 years old. You know, so they're they're banking on he's still young. He's still in his prime. He's healthy. That he's just gonna take us to the next level because he's mm-hmm. Bryce Harper. You know, yeah. that's no. what they're banking on. He's Bryce Harper. No matter what he makes, I think we all agree that guy's gonna cash in. Yeah, he's gonna he's gonna yeah. get it. He's gonna, <laughs> he's get, gonna his. get his money. For the sure. other guy, let's talk about a little bit, Machado. Machado, yeah. what's going on with him? I've not heard a thing. I think uh, the Phillies are really going after him. Mm. As that, are the White Sox. The White Sox already offered him. What was it like? Two hundred seventy. Two hundred seventy-five million dollars mm. over ten years. Well, what what do they where do they want to play him? I'm pretty sure they're gonna whoever he goes, he's gonna be a shortstop. I'm pretty sure shortstop is his position. Because I was gonna because he came up as a shortstop, played third base with the Orioles with the for Orioles. a while, and then yeah. I was thinking, okay, he can't play third base with the Phillies because of Miko Franco. Mm-hmm. Franco, however you say that one. Right. Same difference. So he's gonna be a shortstop. Machado was a natural born. He can play anywhere because he's he's a naturally yeah. you know amazing defender. But he I think he wants to, and the teams whether it be the White Sox, Phillies, or whoever it is, they're gonna put him a shortstop. Mm-hmm. Agreed. He's a great player. Obviously, his uh, uh, what do you call that? His uh, his motor has been questioned because himself. He said that I'm not one. I'm not one to play 100 percent every time I step He's foot not, on a baseball field. You can tell field. that, like just yeah. from his antics from the playoff games, like yeah. jogging to first, tripping first base. Yeah. He's not one crap. of those guys that like Bryce Harper, who's willing to give his life on a baseball. Yeah, field, but know? like, how much do you put on a guy that's not going to be a captain for your team? He's just going to go out there and play baseball, right? And the there's there's, there's something to, to that. Yeah. You know, you, you look at Harper, and he's one of the most praised players of all time whether he should be or not someone can debate that mm-hmm. but one of the most play, praised players ever but he's never been a prima donna on the field no he, he goes out there and works hard and he yeah. knows what his job is if there's a knock on him it's that he runs through walls and he's the best player on the team so he shouldn't run through walls he should run into them because mm-hmm. you should give everything but you shouldn't get hurt doing it machado's on the other hand that says i don't want to get hurt but i also don't want to try yeah I mean, and, and he's that's, literally, that's, it's come out of his mouth. He said, I don't give 100% every time. Yeah, I'm he said, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm a manager. I don't want to sign a guy like that. <laughs> you know, he's uber, you know, he's incredibly talented. He, you know, God gifted him with so much baseball. It's the day and age we live in. Like, guys know, just don't care anymore. He just, well, I guess he's going to get his money. I mean, regardless, he's going to get his money. Yeah, it's a business. They're both going to be paid handsomely. Yeah, so and baseball is certainly interesting with the no salary caps. We'll see how that goes for them. And there's a lot of things to look forward to on the hot stove front for Major League Baseball before uh, spring training opens up here for pitchers and catchers probably, what, six, seven weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're not we'll far be, away. Yeah, we're looking forward to that already. Yeah. So now we're going to stick with, I guess, a little bit of baseball. Right now we're going to discuss Kyler Murray, Yeah. who ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. And he officially declared for the draft, but the A's still have a chance to land him for spring training. It's been reported that Kyler Murray wants $15 million from the A's, you know, for uh, security for himself. And now there's also reports that uh, he will also go in the first round. So the big debate is that everyone's talking about with Kyler Murray, guys. Should he play baseball or should he play football? What do we think? He should play baseball. He should play baseball. As should anybody. <laughs> like, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that I'm applying that logic based on his skill set or the A's and E's or, or the NFL. I'm just strictly saying that for the reason that anybody should do that. 
There's, I mean, the contracts are better. You make more money. All the money's guaranteed. You can play for longer, make more money, and you're not going to walk away from the game with CTE. Yeah. Why would you? He's going away with this, like, high-risk, high-reward. Because, like, if he's the phenom that he is in college, he's going to get that contract. He's going to get all the marketing that Dak Prescott gets and all the news and the media and yada, yada, yada. And he wants to be a GOAT. He wants to be, like, 5'9 quarterback that comes out of the blue and does whatever Drew Brees does and more. But that's high risk, high reward, because he has that target on his back now. I, I say that that is no risk for the reason that you can never say that you're risking it, that you're going to become Drew Brees. You can't say that because there's one Drew Brees. There's one Aaron Rodgers. There's but then there's Drew also Brees not a guarantee that he's going to make great money in the MLB, though. You can't. He could go out into the MLB and he could bust out real That's quick. That's the thing. He has to okay, spend. well, if he gets his $15 million bonus, <laughs> yeah. who cares what he does? He can be a lifetime 208 hitter with three plate appearances, and he will have made his money. That's why he wants that because the NFL, you play right away. You get drafted, and you're on the lineup. You're right. starting. You're the quarterback. With baseball, you go through years of spring training. You go through years of minor league yeah. play, and then you might get a contract if you, no. if you end up being yeah. that kind of player. Because it's football, he's going to make the, almost the same amount of money, if not more, than his $15 million because he's going to be a first-round draft He doesn't want to wait. He wants to play football and make his money exactly. and not wait for that big contract three years, four years from now. But he may have to wait for the reason that he will, if he is a first-round pick, he's not going to be a high pick, right, because of the risk associated with drafting him. He may not play for you. So I don't think he would be a super high pick. Yeah. So maybe unless he goes he in the says, first round. Like, unless he says, like, I'm only sticking to football. Right, and, and he hasn't said that yet, so I don't believe he nothing, will. Nothing is set in stone. And and so, put it this way, he likely would not start because if he's a late-round pick, or even if he's a first-round pick, maybe a mid-to-late first-round pick, that's a team who is already, if not a serious contender, a somewhat contender because they're picking in the a middle of the draft. Kind of Right, exactly. But they're they're in the middle of the draft. They're not near the top. They don't stink. So they likely have at least a semi-good quarterback. So he's not going to play right away. I don't think he's going to be as good as Baker Mayfield played last year. I don't think so. And, and I believe I could be wrong. Major League Baseball, I believe it's slotted. Based on your draft position, once you sign your first contract, I think you get a guaranteed signing bonus. Mm-hmm. You do. You do. He it, wants more money. So what does he... Let's see. He I'm had a $5 million signing bonus with the A's when he did. And now okay. it's just gone out the window. Yeah. Interesting. Because of his college and, you know, still being college at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I'm torn about this. I know this is this is probably cheesy for me to say first. I mean, I'm going to explain my reasoning, but first it's of gonna all. It's going to come from an Ohio State perspective. Yeah. yeah. Always. Go Bucks. Let's listen to the bias here. Yeah. <laughs> he, first of all, he should always do, he should do whatever, you know, he wants, his heart desires. You yeah. know, it's whatever, whatever sport day. that he has passion for, he gets up every morning. I'm going to play baseball, play football, whatever it is. Go follow your dreams, man. You're uber talented. Go do what you got to do. In terms of what's better for him, I mean, the baseball, I guess, could be the easy answer, but I'm not so sure because of the money that you generate during baseball. Again, he's going to double A. He's not going to, like like Pasquale just mentioned, where you start is different. Even though he's a top-ten pick, he's not going to play in the major leagues right away. It could be two, three years before he plays in the major leagues, maybe more. But baseball does not do a good job of, uh, advertising its stars. Mike That's Trout. Football is the number one. Sport. In football, he's going to make so much though. money that you know if he becomes a star, even if he becomes a good player, football markets their players so much better that he's going to get advertisements. He's going to get this. He's going to get that. Like the money, I think is going to equal out. Especially at the beginning, it could be more for football. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like if he turns out to be good, like his contract is going to be good. His publicity, baseball. Like Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. 
but nobody really cares about him, you know? And football, like that, already signed him into being the eighth best quarterback gets more attention than Mike Trout does in baseball, and he's by far none the best player in baseball. They don't do a good job of advertising their stars. Football, it's the most popular sport in America. That's unquestionable in terms of statistics, in terms of viewership. You know, if Kyler Murray goes out there and balls, let's, let's say he balls, he goes crazy, he's going to get a great contract. Sure, he'll mean CTE, I guess. That's an argument you could make. But he's going to get a crazy contract. We know what quarterbacks are making now. He's going to get paid 25 or more million dollars, you know. Well, he's, if, he's, he, if he's successful, though, because he's going to... That's what he's banking on. He has to be successful yeah. to get that money. And the money at the beginning, right, if, if he signs a contract, it's going to be almost give or take the same for football and baseball. Well, but baseball, you make more money. If you get the, the huge, huge contract. Even that, I mean, that's not guaranteed. That yeah, but if you're a money. backup, you make nothing in the NFL. Mm-hmm. What backup makes over $2 million a year? There's a few, but like those are the guys that should have been. Yeah, they should have been started. So the point is, backups don't make that much. So he still has to make it in the NFL. And the truth is, I think being a really, really good quarterback in the NFL, what is he, a, short, a center fielder, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think yeah. being a really, really good quarterback in the NFL is a lot more difficult than being a really, really good center fielder in Major League Baseball. <laughs> yeah, I think the quarterback is the harder position in sports to play. Well, it's it, the hardest position I just, in sports. I, yeah. I can't. I can't justify choosing football other than from the position of if he likes football better. But also, the thing about baseball is if he starts with football, he can always go back to baseball. If his body, for some reason, doesn't let him continue with football, he he could still be a baseball player. You don't have to have the physical attributes, physical gifts. But then, football to play baseball. He could go play baseball and still be a solid player. But then he would later still ha- have career. to hone his skills and make sure he's still good at baseball when that's, he comes back. You can't just true. like hit batting practice while you're practicing to play the Saints next week or yeah. something. I think that because not everyone's Bo Jackson. Yeah, not, <laughs> not everyone is Deion, Deion is Dion in prime time. You know? I think football is easier to transition to if baseball doesn't pan out. Yeah, because there's a, what makes a great quarterback great is his touch. Right, it's his touch. You, you don't, don't just lo- lose. Touch. You don't lose your touch. You lose your ability to catch up to 95. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. But it, I mean, it's for the quarterback, it's a whole lot more than just touch. Oh, it, yeah. It, there's, there's it's a lot you're playing chess too. while you're playing football. Yeah, because in football, you have to memorize an encyclopedia of a playbook. You right, know and saying? I think that if you're 35, you can still do that. Yeah, yeah as quarterback showed, yeah, you could be. Tom Brady. Yeah, because obviously his body's going to go through more deterioration playing football. That's clear and obvious. You're like you guys mentioned CTE, and that's real. CTE, the deterioration of one's body, is definitely a lot worse in football than it is baseball. Yeah. You know, so. Also, you have to think of this. He might make more money in baseball faster for the reason that, do you think that he's going to, if he signs with the A's, Nike's not going to call him and say, hey, now that you're a pro, even if you're not in the majors, you're no longer an amateur, you are a pro, you're in the minors, you're a professional. Nike's going to call up and say, hey, will you please wear our cleats, even if he's not on their billboards yet. Because of his name and what he's already accomplished. Exactly. They will pay him to choose their cleats. Now, that's not true of minor leaguers. That's true of Kyler Murray's and Nick Senzel's. That's true of those guys. Of the best, of the absolute best. He's going to make endorsement money faster because if he's the backup, he's not going to get that yet. Like, he's not going to get, well, the publicity, again, it's Kyler Murray, so he's going to get the publicity now anywhere he goes. But do you think if he's the backup quarterback and his team's playing on Sunday night, do you think that he's in the Sunday night intro when uh, 
What's her name? Comes out and sings the song. Carrie Underwood. Carrie Underwood. Do you think that he's in that intro if he's the backup quarterback? No. Think no. Can no. 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 But but what if the uh, the starting quarterback starts playing bad, just a, a little bad? Guess mm-hmm. who they're gonna call for? Then here come the whispers, man. Kyler Murray, just yeah. like Joe Flacco had two bad games, and the whole world was chanting for Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson had that charisma. He had that, mm-hmm. you know, winning the Heisman. He was a Michael Vick 2.0, all that great stuff. Kyler Murray goes to a team, and as Leo said, he's a backup. Anything the starting quarterback doesn't do right, put in Murray. Put in Kyler Murray, put in Kyler Baker. Murray. You know, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod had a bad drive. Let's go, Baker. He, he's that good and he's that big of a personality that he could be a starter before the end of the season. You know? Could be. You know, you have to rely on other variables. And, and to me, I would want to put my fate in my hands rather than relying on other variables. That's true. But ultimately, I think that I see the perspectives of both and I see the positives of both. Yeah. And I don't even know that I want to say I see negatives of both. I see potential flaws in the plan of positivity. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, whatever he does, I, I, me personally, I want him to do what he enjoys. Yeah. You know, if you love baseball, go play baseball. If you love football, go, go play football. You know, at the end of the day, it should be his decision. Nobody else should hinder him on making the decision of what sport he wants to play and what he wants to do with his career. I think that uh, to wrap up the conversation um, with this Kyler Murray conversation, I think that all in all, we can all agree that the most important thing you can do in a scenario like this, as well as in life, bet on yourself. Yeah. Bet on yourself. Yeah, believe in yourself and whatever you're going to do. Yeah. And yeah, he, I think he, for himself, he knows himself better than anybody else. I think he'll make the right decision. I think so, too. Whatever he does. So now, real quick, we're not going to spend long on this. We're going to keep it in college. We're going to talk about some of the transfers that happened in college football. Yeah, big time. A whole bunch of names on the transfer market. But the two big names uh, that we're going to talk about is, first, Justin Fields transferring to Ohio State. Obviously, I, I was real happy about that. You know, losing um, a quarterback like Dwayne Haskins, you know, who's going to do big things in the NFL. Heisman finalist, set every record at Ohio State, every record known to man. Being able to get Justin Fields, who's one of the highest rated prospects ever. You know, he was the only mm-hmm. one ahead of him coming out last year was a guy named Trevor Lawrence. Maybe you heard of what what he did, yeah, what he did to Alabama this year, which we'll also get into. But uh, Justin Fields transferring to Ohio State, and then in turn, Tate Martell transferring out of Ohio State and just announced yesterday that he's going to Miami. The, the University of Miami, the U. So, he will have to take a year off. Yeah, but I believe Tate is going to have to take a year off. The only way he'll get eligibility is that maybe Coach Meyer retiring, So and then he told him he was going to be for three, four years, or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, Eligibility for both of these guys remains a question. Fields, although people close to Ohio State believe Fields will get his eligibility this year. And Jalen Hurts went to Oklahoma. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts and was given Oklahoma. his eligibility. Yeah, Jalen Hurts, because he, he graduated. Right, so he's a graduate. His was really easy. He graduated, he's going to play. So Fields and Martell are still up in the air. Fields looks like he, he will play. Martell is still 50-50. Obviously, we have to let the whole process play out. You know, there's a lot of transfers going on. This transfer portal, you know, this new you know term that's coming Brand out. Brand new. Yeah. All, so many quarterbacks, you know. The Oklahoma quarterback, now Jalen Hurts, I think his name was like Austin Kendall, if I'm not mistaken, is going to West Virginia now. Um, uh, Braxton Bymeester from Oregon, uh, top, uh, top 10 quarterback, he's leaving Oregon. Penn State, half of Penn State's roster is in the transfer portal. You know, there's so much hecticness going on in college football right now that, you know, what what's going on? Well, I tell you what's going on and why this is happening. The same thing that we're seeing in pro sports. What's a trend that we're seeing in all these sports, guys? A lot of moves in free agency. People are, players are leaving. Yeah, and the same reason that that's happening, young players are making an impact. Yeah. Now we're starting to see that at the college level. Jake Fromm 
true freshman, went to the national championship game. Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence. true freshman, just won it. Won the championship game and played outstanding. Sunshine. Exactly. And Justin Fields, true freshman, went to Georgia where Jake Fromm, as a true freshman, Which was a dumb move in his game. move, by the it way. It was dumb, but again, he was he, he believed betting himself. on himself. Yeah, he was he, betting on himself. And he was betting that he would be, once again, another true freshman to start. He's like, I've like, never seen that he, he had the mindset, you know, I know what Fromm did, but I'm going to go out and beat him. Like, I'm going to exactly. go beat him out. I don't care what he, he did. It, it, these young players are starting to affect the college game now as well. Same thing with Trevor Lawrence. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant left Clemson because uh, Trevor Lawrence was there. Kelly Bryant left, and he's going to Missouri, I think, Arkansas. You know, all these. They, if you don't get George, you're leaving. Yeah. A lot of people thought Jalen Hurts was going to leave last year, but now he finally is leaving. You know, because everyone knows it's Tua's job. You know, it's his job next year as well. Yeah. So like a lot of transfers. Like this is like more transfers in the past like three years okay. than like maybe the past like ten years. You know, something combined. This is strictly a quarterback that. thing too. I mean, a lot of skill position players, but you know the quarterbacks are going to get all the hype. You know, the yeah. Justin Fields, the Kelly Bryans, the Jalen Hurts so of the world guy. are going to be, you know, because they're going to have the ball in their hands every play. They're going to, they're the, you know, the playmakers, you know, things like that. So it's interesting to see. I'm already ready for next college football season, you know, mm-hmm. because because of Ohio State landing Justin Fields. And I just wrote yeah. a blog about that too. So go ahead. While you guys are there, check that out. Staff on Sports Talk, you know, at WordPress.com. Go ahead and read my article about that. So now, real quick, we're going to finish the college football talk by talking about the national championship game. Speaking of Trevor Lawrence, speaking of Alabama. What are we talking about? Uh, Alabama getting trounced by Clemson in the national championship game. Oh, in the national championship. Yeah. Not in the national championship game. In the national championship. There was no game. Oh. Being played. <laughs> that game. Was it, wasn't, yeah, it wasn't much of a game. You it know? was decided after that pick six. Yes. Yeah, Clemson absolutely throttled Alabama offensively, defensively, coaching, anything you want to say. This was Clemson's. This was Clemson's. Yes, Saban year. was outcoached. Saban was outcoached. Every Alabama was out. Everything. Every the quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Man, he's the real deal. He is the real deal. True freshman, ripping Alabama's secondary to shreds. Play after play. The Clemson defensive line, as we all know, was really good. As we all knew coming into the season, as yeah, they, they would didn't be. have their uh, who's the guy suspended against Notre Dame? Dexter Lawrence. Yeah, he didn't even play against yeah. Notre Dame. They dominated. Yeah, the and then line. Tua. I mean. Me personally, I think Tua right now is a little overrated. That's two games in a row that he played. It was not good. He wasn't good against Georgia in the SEC championship game. He wasn't good against Clemson. There's a lot of question marks around Alabama right now. Yeah, and in the Oklahoma game, he was okay, but he wasn't great. Two out of three games he played, his biggest games, he he, he didn't play well. He didn't play well against at all at Clemson. You know, so you think I think, I think ankle, there's some question marks regarding Tua. Do you think his ankle might be an underlined story there? You think he's a guy's playing through it, you know, but and that's mm-hmm. admirable. But that does mean that there's something there. You know, he didn't look like well, I think himself. Well, that's on Saban, too, because it's his decision to play who he wants to play and who he's comfortable with. I agree. You, But in, in my opinion, you play the best player even if he is playing through some things. And but it's, as soon as you notice, like, a hindrance in his game, you put in the next guy. Yep. And he didn't Maybe he didn't feel comfortable with that next guy, you know, the same way maybe he The same guy that led him to the national championship the previous game. Maybe he's not comfortable yeah. with him back there. There's a reason why he didn't play. You know? And, you know, the 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 blueprint of beating Nick Saban, I think, is pretty clear after Trevor Lawrence torched him. You have to have either, A, a, a quarterback that can that can throw it all over the field, mm-hmm. the, the slants, the deep routes, or you have to – and that's what we saw with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson and when Cardell Jones beat them. Obviously, he's not in the, either of those guys' class, but he had a really good game. He was throwing it all over the field. Or 
you have to have a spectacular, you know, generationally good running back like they had with these Ezekiel. Yeah, I mean, you don't need it, but it's nice to have if you have a great exactly. quarterback. Because all they need is the offensive line. Because Alabama has the, event, the best defense in the nation every year. Yeah. The best D-line, is they're going to get to your quarterback. Until they run into a quarterback. That's the thing. They, and if a good offensive a, line. Yeah. If you have a quarterback and an offensive line that can just give you good protection, not great. Yeah, just you three can, to four seconds. You maybe. can shred Alabama secondary. They have been shredded by Deshaun Watson, mm-hmm. by Cardell Jones, by Trevor Lawrence. If you can, like you said, the offensive line, if you can protect the quarterback, sling it around on Alabama, you could beat them. Mm-hmm. You know, their defense is really good. But they have weaknesses, and year in and year out, it's that secondary that is it just getting torched in some games. You know what I'm saying? Because all those guys go to Ohio State. Because the the Buckeyes, you know, Ohio State DBU, <laughs> DBU they Ohio do. State. I'm not gonna deny that yeah. the best yeah. DBs go to Ohio State. Yeah, it's a fact. Um, I, I think it would be more old news that doesn't really warrant conversation, other than to pick on Ryan. Uh, the semifinals of college football. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I, well, yeah, I try. Were, I tried to tell Polly that Notre Dame is not ready for the college football playoffs. It was, Maybe he it wasn't was, listening to me, man. I, I did. It was going to be a miracle if we even made it close. It was close in the first half. There was a lot of turnovers, a lot of calls, like the the fumble that was shred a blade of grass on the sideline that decided the game. But like at the end of the day, we were the worst team. Decided the game. By far, they were the worst. It was team. by far. <laughs> it was a by far, we had they the ball. The we were driving. They called him out of bounds on the. Couch. And people okay, questioned I, it too. And if Notre Dame was really one of the four best teams in college football, no. People, no, every Georgia was better, test, and no. Georgia and Ohio State were, were better. Were better, but than they Notre both Dame. lost games. But they both that's lost. their own fault. They shot you themselves know, in the foot. So. That's the thing about the college. But football that's the thing. The four best teams. That's why it should be eight teams. I mean. Yeah, but then at what point do you say, no, it should be 12? No, no, no. Eight's plenty, because UCF, teams like that. There's one dark horse, the six best teams, that could be debatably the top four interchangeable, based on their record, based on the strength of schedule, all that. Teams like Notre Dame, that go undefeated. with You yell at them about their strength of schedule, but they, they didn't lose a game, and they're Notre Dame, so they have that reputation. So there's so many factors that go into the top four teams, quote-unquote, and there's a big eye test that debate, too. So it's, I think it should be extended to at least six, most likely eight. I think they should just have tiebreakers, honestly, and just say, listen, you know what? At a certain point, we flip a coin. <laughs> Sorry. Or they should play since, you know, there's a good four weeks before the yeah. games. Notre Dame should play Ohio State or Georgia should play um, Notre Dame or Ohio State. Some teams should play the play. No, they ought to do. What? Pick your opponent. <laughs> Pick your Number opponent. one seed picks their opponent. Number two seed picks their opponent. Uh-huh. They're not. They're never gonna do that. I know, but it would make all sports so much more interesting. Like the number one overall seed gets to pick any any opponent he wants. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Yeah, they're never ever gonna do that. But nope. it could, you know, it could throw a wrench in there. But you know, I think the playoff uh, they got it wrong out of Oklahoma wasn't really that good either. I no. think Georgia it's hard not to pick the Heisman winner. Exactly. We know with Kyler Murray, they're they're historically bad defense against their historically great offense, and it was going to be a shootout regardless. Oklahoma doesn't have the offensive line. They got an absolutely terrible defense. Ohio State's defense wasn't good at all either, but they were a lot better than Oklahoma. They have a better offensive line. They got better just about everything except for the quarterback. Even that their quarterback was Heisman finalist. Yeah. I, I don't understand the Oklahoma and, and Notre Dame getting in, but. You know, every year, the criteria changes every year. <laughs> the criteria just changes every year. That's why it's awesome. College football is awesome. And it's a shame that it's a four-month sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? I'm already ready for next season. It's not even like been a month since it's Basketball over. for NBA lasts like eight months. Baseball lasts like five, football. Six, football seven, needs eight to last months. eight months. Yeah. That's not healthy for their bodies, but, yeah, you know. That's the thing. But as fans, you know, that's what we want. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to keep it in football, but we're going to talk go to professional. We are winding down. We are getting close to the Super Bowl. We got four teams left. 
NFC Championship game, the Saints versus the Rams, the AFC Championship game, we have the Patriots and the Chiefs. So what do you guys think, boys? First, we're going to go into the NFC Championship game, the Saints and Rams. I think a lot of people thought this was going to happen, not me, myself. Everybody I had thought the top four teams, these teams were going to make I it. had these two. I didn't have the AFC right, but I did have the Saints and the Rams. You didn't the think NFC the Patriots were going to make it? I didn't, no. I you thought, bet against Tom Brady? Yeah. That's the worst move you can make I, in your I life. had the Steelers and the Chargers. And this is oh. preseason. This is preseason. Like, Philip Rivers like, has never beat yeah. Tom Brady and, in and, his yeah. life. But actually, I, I th- if I'm not mistaken, I had the Steelers beating the Patriots. Which is stupid. But it, and this is preseason. With all the drama surrounding their team, with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon, yeah. there's no, no way. No, but Antonio Brown's drama didn't exist yet. And I yeah, thought Le'Veon yeah, Bell yeah. was going to play then. And I didn't know he was going to sit out the entirety <laughs> the of the entire, year, year yeah. in preseason. You know, so I was like, they were going to put it together. But in terms of the Saints and Ram games, the one thing I want to say is, we all know New Orleans has the home field advantage. That's the big thing. But I think the perception is wrong with both of these teams. We think of the Saints and Rams as these air raid offenses, you know, throw for the greatest six, game throw, ever. We saw throw for six hundred yards. Drew Brees is going to throw for five hundred yards. That's not going to happen again. They're going to they're going to score a whole bunch of points, but neither of these teams likes to play like that. How did the Rams beat the Cowboys? They ran it down their throats with C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley over two hundred and twenty yards rushing. They don't like to throw the ball 50 I love times the a game. Anderson story. He was cut three times this year, and he made the starting roster. Exactly. For the playoffs. You know, everybody thinks that the Rams just want to throw the ball 50 times a game, and that's not the case. It's statistically, it's not they, they want to run the ball just as much as the Cowboys do with Zeke, and how much the Seahawks do with Chris Carson and all of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and the Saints the same way. The Saints don't want to go into a 50. 50-50 shootout. You know, they want to run the ball with Ingram and Lamar. You know, and they when they throw the ball, they want to use Michael Thomas. You know, go Bucks. You know, they want to use these, like, they don't want to throw the ball 50 times a game. Like, yeah. the, this perception is that these teams want to throw it, and that's just not true. But it's Nick's play defense. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's, they want the stars to shine. They want the Saints have a top three run defense. You know, the Rams having Dominican Sue and Aaron Donald on I, the line. I think the Chiefs win because... Like once they start to deviate from their game plans and the defenses start to show and they don't score as many Chiefs, points. Wait, the Chiefs? You mean both teams? Yeah, we're talking about the Saints and Rams right now. Saints uh, and Rams. Okay, never mind. But Drew Brees shows up that game. Regardless. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like I think it's going to be a more of a physical game. I have the game twenty-seven to twenty-four Saints, and I think it's more. I mean, they're going to score and they're going to pass. I'm not saying they're not going to pass the ball, but I'm saying like the perception is wrong that we just think they're just going to run. Uh, excuse me, It'll pass the a, ball all the like, time. Like all playoff games, it's going to be a low-scoring first half, and then the. You know, they're going to start throwing the big the matchup is what are they going to do with Michael Thomas? Because last time Michael Thomas torched the Rams for over 200 yards receiving. And his last game. Pulling out the Joe points. Horn, you know, and yeah. he's just, Michael Thomas just is going through every secondary right now. And it's better for Marcus Peters because they have a keep to leave now, and they didn't have a keep to leave in the first meeting. So I think they might put him on Michael Thomas because putting Mar- Marcus Peters on Michael Thomas is not, not, a, is not a recipe for success, you know. So that's what I think it's going to come down to. I think it's going to be a, a gritty game. Who has the better run defense? I think special teams is going to be big in this game. Good old fashioned football. It's going to be good old fashioned football, even though the perception is it's going to be thirty-five to thirty-eight. I think it's going to be lower scoring, and I think it's going to be more of a grinded out game. Remember when the Buccaneers destroyed the Saints? Week one. Remember Leo? <laughs> that's a <laughs> magic <me and> <laughs> baby. <laughs> yeah, me and Leo did that podcast, and we talked about the Saints. And we we're like, "Is it time to panic?" And we were like, "Nah, it's week one. They're going to be fine." And they, they ended up being fine. They went up on a nine-week stretch where they were beating teams by five touchdowns every single week. But, yeah, th- I think that's going to be a really nice game. I think the Saints-Rams becomes the, the game of the year. Uh, I think because – Again? Or no, different well, that, Yeah, close. That might be the Super Bowl matchup. But I think the Saints-Rams, I think the stars are going to shine. I think Donald's going to be a problem, as he always is. Him you and know, Sue are the best tandem I've ever watched you know, D-line. Kamara, I think Kamara's going to have a big game. Michael Thomas, we'll see what they do with him if they double-team him and make somebody else beat them. 
because they don't have a lot of weapons other than Michael Thomas. We'll see. And then uh, for the Rams, I think they're going to make Jared Goff throw the ball. I they're, would too. They're not going to let what happened to the Cowboys happen to them. They're going to be like, mm-hmm. we're going to stop the run. We're going to stop Todd Gurley. Jared yeah. Goff, you got to beat us. Don't I would just bring the blitz. Put the pressure on and Goff. Bring, yeah. Oh, my God. Exactly. Zone blitz is all over the Dennis place. Dennis Allen is going to have to, you know, create a lot of different techniques and a lot of different looks for Jared Goff to, you know, never get comfortable in that game. And obviously, New Orleans, that's big home field advantage. It's probably the best home field advantage in the NFL. Mm-hmm. It's right there. Top two, top three. So, right, I'm going with the Saints. I think it's a close game. I'm not going to be surprised if the Rams pull it off, but I'm going to trust the Saints at home. And I'm going to say the special teams makes a play late. Late field goal wins it. I say Gurley still goes for 100 yards and two touchdowns, but they still lose. You think the, you think the Saints get it done? Goff isn't the mature quarterback that everyone wants him to be yet. He'll, he'll get there eventually, but he's not there yet. What about you, Leo? What do you think? Saints-Rams. I'm really, really pulling for the Rams for the reason that I'm also really, really pulling for the Chiefs. Because I want that to be the Super Bowl matchup. Saints and you want uh, you want Rams and Chiefs one more time. One more time. The fifty four fifty one Monday night if, game. That if that's what really happens, good. everyone's going to be expecting you know another fifty one like again. And, it, and it's and not going to be like, like final score like five to three. Yeah. The difference was a safety. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> it's going to be the complete opposite. Yeah. But every, it's going to be draw a lot of seats. Where the is the Super Bowl this year? It's in a dome. I think it's in yeah, it's Atlanta. Is it Atlanta? I believe. Probably. I don't know. I, I know it's at the Georgia Dome, but there's two Georgia domes now, so I'm just. <laughs> Confused in general. Either way, they're in a dome, yeah. and weather is never. No, not. no, it's the Mercedes. No, it's there's two Mercedes Benz domes now, and so the um, other one is in Atlanta, where the right. Falcons the, play. Their new brand new stadium. And I'm pretty sure that's where the Super Bowl is, because it's not in New Orleans, because it just mm-hmm. was not too long. So Leo, who are you rocking with? Saints or Rams? I'm going with the Rams. Going with upset. the Rams. I'm going with the upset. Is that really an upset though? Because the Rams are really good. Well, because they're going to be an underdog and playing in New Orleans. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely yeah. an upset. And I feel like both teams match up really well. Yeah, it's going to be a good game. It should be a great game. So now we're going to move on to the AFC Championship game. New England Patriots playing in the AFC Championship game like they do every single year. And the Chiefs finally getting maybe over that hump with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. Andy Reid um, having the quarterback that he desires. You know, Alex Smith, nobody... Nobody hates Alex Smith, but obviously he's not Patrick Mahomes. I don't like Alex Smith. Yeah. Oh, I mean, or you don't have to like Alex Smith, but he's not Patrick Mahomes. I think this game will all depend on which Chiefs defense shows up. The one last week against the Colts that looked like it could be really good. Because the Patriots always come out with a different playoff offensive playbook every year. And you don't know what to expect. James White catches 15 catches in a game. That's a playoff record. Even like the, the Chiefs have better everything except for the head coach. They have a better roster. You know, they have... This year, Mahomes has played better. He's more elusive. But just, you can never count the Patriots out, man. Yeah. You can just well, never count Tom Brady and Bill Belichick out. I think I, I think better quarterback, I'm not going to say, like, I'll just say this season the better Yeah, this season. Mahomes. No, no, yeah, I'm not saying Brady right, right, right. is MVP. Mahomes. Right. But, but, like, this season specifically, going right. into this Mahomes game. Mahomes will win MVP. Yeah. Pat Mahomes was the best quarterback this season. By far. But like, that by, doesn't by far mean not. that he's capable of beating Tom Brady. Because he, listen, you can be twice as good as a, as Tom Brady at age close to forty, but it doesn't matter because Tom Brady's got something about it that has nothing to do with how good you are at football. Yeah, it's just, it's just something like and it's just something about the Patriots. It's that it factor. It's yeah. not even that he has more of it than anyone else. It's that he's the only person on the planet who has it. Yeah, he's he's incredible. You know, every everything you want to think about. Oh yeah, the Chiefs. You know, better defensive personnel. They have better offensive personnel. They're better. You know, their play calling. They're more electric. They're at home. They're at Arrowhead Stadium. But some reason you're just like. Can I definitively say the Chiefs are going to win this game? That's why it's a sucker's bet if you, you know that game. I'm and like I said, the Chiefs defense. Do we see last week and like a pretty good home defense, or do we see the defense that was getting ripped apart all season long? 
you know, that let him do a couple losses. They were giving him 40 points a game, you know, things like that. Which Chiefs defense shows up? Because I think we can assure that Tom Brady's going to get his and Patrick Mahomes is going to get his. But who can get the stop? Which defense can win the turnover battle? That is going to be the big thing. Yeah. If the Patriots win this turnover battle, I think they win the game. And if, they always find a way to do it somehow. And all the all the Chiefs have to do to win this game is just don't. It's just you can even stay even in the turnover battle. Just don't make mistakes. You, and I think Patrick Mahomes is still a mistake. Like he, know, he so. can be, even though he doesn't have a lot of picks, yeah. but he can be. With he can. Him. You saw that Monday night game. How did it end? He threw a really bad pick. I mean, he threw off his back foot, and the pass he was trying to make was 20 yards short, and that's yeah. how 51-54 became 51-54. Now, this game, I think, is high scoring. I think both yeah. of these teams are going to score. I, I don't think the arrow had affects Tom Brady much. I think they're both going to score above 30 points. I think the Chiefs' offense is going to rip apart the Patriots' defense. Again, I think it's the turnover battle. If if one team can just get a key turnover or maybe a turnover on downs, you know, stop a fourth and one, something like that. Is Gronk healthy? He's a shell of himself, man. I don't even yeah. consider Gronk much of a, a factor at this point. It's unfortunate because just a couple years ago, he was arguably on pace to be the greatest tight end ever, but mm-hmm. he's not close yeah. to that now. And I think this is close. I think whoever gets that key stop, that key turnover, I think is going to win this game. And I'm going to go hesitantly with the Chiefs. I think Pat Mahomes shows us my, and I say that really hesitantly. Is this a passing of the torch moment? I don't think so because I think Brady still has a good three years left of being really good. He'll be 45 still slinging touchdowns. I think Pat Mahomes officially makes himself as like, you know, I'm a gamer and I'm going to game in the playoffs too and I'm going and I'm here to stay. Him and Andy Reid show that, you know, this is going to be a force to be reckoned with. But Tom Brady, I still see him being really good for another couple of years. So maybe a little bit of a, patching of a, a passing of a torch or maybe the start of a rivalry maybe the next couple of years in the AFC Championship game. But I don't see Brady stopping or slowing down for the next couple of years. So I think Chiefs get it done, but I say that hesitantly. Very, I say I say, I say very hesitantly. The hardest bet to ever make is against the Patriots. Yeah, that, that exactly. What do you think, Paul? Who gets it done? Who goes to the Super Bowl in the AFC? Oh, I still believe in Tom. Tom Brady. Sorry for Tom, man. Belichick's still got some up his sleeve. He's not that old yet. Yeah, he's got gone. another way to cheat, a, I'm sure. He's a mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> some type of gate. There's yeah. been deflate gate. There's been spy gate. Some some other gate will pop you know, up now. Tom Brady is more likely to go to the AFC Championship game than LeBron is to make a free throw. Yeah. Or a quarterback is to complete a pass. Wow. Because he goes to the AFC Championship game in the past 10 years 78% of the time. Mm-hmm. So that's more likely than a quarterback is to complete a pass in the NFL. Even Drew Brees. Yeah. The, yeah, you said before that Mahomes is undoubtedly the best quarterback in the league. Drew Brees has done that every year, though. Brees has been and he amazing. put up one of his best years this year. So it's, that's the debate. Now, who's the, actually the better Drew quarterback? Drew Brees has always been the second best quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. And, well, and it's like he always He's the best second best ever. Yeah. yeah. And he, Drew Brees is so good. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But you know when guys like Aaron Rodgers are balling out, when guys like Tom Brady are yeah, balling the, out? The Packers were what? Seven and like. Not nine this, year, this year. Yeah. Rodgers was. Was okay at best this now, year. Rodgers played well. He still threw, what, 25 touchdowns and like five picks. Still had a good year. But he wasn't great. But he wasn't great. And he has to be great for the Packers to win because they suck. Exactly. You know, but, but Brees is a Hall of Famer, man. Nobody's gonna, nobody takes away the greatness of Drew Brees. Right? Yeah. Well, and, well, I mean, does that really mean a lot considering you also think Carson Palmer's a Hall of Famer? I do think Carson Palmer's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> wow. wow. So, All right. We're not getting back into that one. I don't even know my brain. I really Leo's going to start getting that. The way you talk about him in the Hall of Fame, I would have thought that he went to Ohio State. <laughs> that's a cold. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's Dwayne Asking's job now is to go. Was he the quarterback uh-huh. at USC when uh, Reggie Bush was playing? No. That was no, a couple no, years ago. No, it was well before that. He played with uh, Troy Palomalu. Yeah. Uh, Palmer did win the Heisman, too. So now as we uh, don't talk about football, we got a little bit left. We're not going to be too much longer. Well, what's going on in the NBA right now with James Harden, man? 
James Harden is just putting up these astronomical video game numbers I that we're just looking at it like, is this really happening right now? I personally hate the guy. He draws ticky-tacky fouls and shoots 20 free throws a game. And travels every play. And yeah, travels, travels just every other step back. But like at the end of the day, he's a scorer, and he's going to score. And, you know, he does a great job. I heard it on, I think it was First Things First with uh, Nick Wright and Chris Carter. He yeah. shows that if you got skills, you could still be the best. Because he's, he's not the biggest. He's not the fastest. He's not but the strongest. skill set. He's like not Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, he's not or built like LeBron. Curry. Yeah. That was another one, Steph Curry. Steph Steph Curry's the greatest shooter, you know, ever in the history of the world. And James Harden, he's not the... He's not going to blow you with athleticism, but his shooting. You know, being able to draw fouls, his layups, his free throws, like, things like that. He's the best player in the NBA right now. And it's like, it's not close. And he's going to... He looks like he's a runaway to win the MVP right now, unless something drastic happens. You know, he's just having... He's putting up crazy numbers, like the Will Chamberlain... Elgin Baylor type of yeah, number. The right same now. thing that happened last year is going to happen this year. The Rockets will not make the finals because James Harden is not that clutch player. He's just the He's going to run guy. out of gas, man. I mean, I mean, people said that about Russell Westbrook, and he still won the MVP, but he didn't make the finals that year either. Yeah. So, same thing. But, like, and Russell, you could tell after the first MVP when he averaged that triple double, he was just tired. Mm-hmm. He ran out of he gas. He carries the team. He's the, the reason they score. But you can't you can't say that Harden's not going to make it because he's not that clutch player. I would say he's not that clutch player, but I would say the reason that they won't make the finals is more so to do with an external factor more than an internal factor. And maybe you know, for, that one Chris team Paul out there, what healthy. are they called? You know that team that all the good players played for. Golden oh State. yeah, those guys exist. Yeah, like four Hall of Famers. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think it has a lot to do with Houston. I think it has everything to do with Golden, Golden State. State. But last year they had a chance to win it in Game Seven. They didn't. They missed. And that was big on Harden. And they didn't have Chris Paul. Pointers. And they didn't have Chris Paul. And they didn't have Chris but Paul Harden did play bad, and Trevor Reese also played bad. Harden had the chance, you know, give me the ball, I'm gonna take this game, and, and he, he missed, didn't play well. Like, but he did play well during the rest of that postseason, he and did. kind of knocked away with that choking label that he's had in previous. Seasons. Yeah, he had a better postseason for sure. Without a and doubt. you know, Golden State, they just they just flipped the switch, just like they did against the Nuggets a few days ago. They always did. The Nuggets were the one seed. They're like, oh man, look at the Nuggets. Warriors come in and drop 51 when they want to, right on the Nuggets without any hesitation. Mm-hmm. They literally can just snap the finger and flip the switch whenever Must they want. Nice. You know, it's a scary. It's scary. And they're, I have them winning the championship easily. I don't see anybody contesting them because no. they're going to turn the they're going to flip the switch in the playoffs and they're going to mm-hmm. three peak. I, I don't see anything else happening. When does LeBron come back from his injury? Because he's been gone for three weeks now. Yeah, LeBron has that groin yeah. injury that he's had. And he's been missed a good eight to ten games now. Mm-hmm. They dropped out again. The LeBron team, good with him. When he, he's supposed when to he, come back like a week from now, I think, and play the And when LeBron doesn't play, the team goes to garbage, just like every mm-hmm. single team LeBron has been on. Now they're out of the playoff picture. I think he'll get them back in. But I think it'll be a lower seed now. That because of him missing time. They're going to play either the Rockets or the – the Nuggets are maybe the Warriors, and they're and they're going to get bounced. You know, they don't have enough pieces with LeBron to make any noise this year. As everybody was expecting, nobody really thought he was going to make much of a run this year. Yeah. I'm going to make a bold prediction. We haven't talked about the East, but I'm going to make a bold prediction. The East. East has got some good teams now. East has good teams. Some good teams. The Raptors are going to win the finals in seven over Golden State. Whoa. Wow. Oh, my. You think Kawhi is that good? Yes, and I think he's still going to leave. And, 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 <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Kawhi. I mean, yeah. He'll hit, like, the buzzer beater game-winning three from behind the half line. He did what Kyrie did. He got like, Kyrie did. They're down by yeah. two. He hits a three from behind the half-court line. And I'm going to go sign in L.A. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kawhi is definitely that good. Kawhi is, is that good that he can take this team to the finals. But by himself, I don't trust anybody on that team other than Kawhi Leonard. And there's no way 
four, think, Hall, the four Hall of Famers are going to lose well, to one. I, I, think I don't that, see it. I think Kyle Lowry. Lowry. I don't know. I don't trust Kyle Well, because he's, he's got that inconsistency factor. Yeah, him Kyle and DeMar DeRozan. Is. See LeBron James, and that's like a deer in the headlights. But look, but look at it this way. Okay, Kyle Lowry, he, yeah, sure, he might be a little bit you know inconsistent, this and that. But what if he gets into one of those, you know, Look at Jay Bruce, right? Oh. Jay Bruce, not that great, but when Jay Bruce was in a hot streak, he was the best player he on the, the best planet. He was, yeah. He the would best tune every month, what every if, year. Yeah, what if it so happened that Kyle Lowry had an NBA Finals, uh, the equivalent of Jay Bruce's annual June? Well, like he did what Kyrie did to with LeBron having a great Finals in 2016. What if? Did you see what Kyrie said about LeBron? No. He called LeBron after the, making that game-winning shot he last night him. and said, I apologize for leaving. I was stupid and young, and I wanted the world at my fingertips. Well, I, no, didn't he, know how, I didn't know how to lead yeah, a young he didn't, team. No, he didn't say he was stupid for leaving. He said yeah. he was because he knows how hard it was to lead men. Yeah. You know, being the leader of a team, the guy going through it, Kyrie said, you know, I wanted everything. I wanted to be the leader of my team and being the reason that we won a championship. And now that the Jason Tatums, the Jalen Browns of the world, and Kyrie's in the position LeBron was in, he's like, I realized that, it's not, you can't have the whole world at your fingertips yep. being so good. I was an all-star before LeBron came. I was a starter. I was the next big thing, and I had to take a backseat to this guy. You know, I know he's LeBron James, but I'm, I'm still me. I'm Kyrie Irving, and he finally realized Yeah, but that. everyone knew Kyrie won that finals when he hit that game-winning shot. Yeah, you know, and he was like, and then he just said yesterday, like, you know, I called him up. You're like, you, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. Not everyone's cut out to be a leader. You know, not everybody on every team is cut out to be a leader, and he realized that. Mm-hmm. You know, so which is which is nice because Kyrie is a special player. Nobody has ever died. Kyrie, you best know, handles in the game, best handles maybe ever. You know, mm-hmm. ever in the history of the of the league. You know, and he's a good player. And you know, good players. You know, he's a good mind, and he realized that. You know, everything's not perfect. And when you have a guy like LeBron James, you got to do what you got to do to go win. You know, and they, they did it. They won the championship, so they got what they needed to do. That they did. So, one more thing. Oh, yeah, so now that we're done with that, so we've hit everything we need to talk about um, in terms of what we missed over break. Now it's Leo's turn for the power play. Oh, man. Leo's going to give us the oh, hockey man. skip that we missed. Leo, oh, man. Leo, take it away. Right, Don't pump my tires too much. Don't <laughs> pump my tires. We got a good amount to cover. If you want to look back at previous podcasts when I was doing my power play shtick, you were hearing me constantly talking about all these good teams are not playing well and they're at the bottom of the standings and it's kind of crazy, but at the same time, we all know it's going to happen. Well, guess what? It's happened. All those teams are right back up where they belong and it's incredible how fast they've done it. With that said, nobody is coming close to the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Tampa Bay Lightning are number one in the NHL with a six-game lead on the number two team in the NHL. <laughs> it's incredible what they're doing, and I tell you, with the stars they have, it's it's unfathomable that they could you walk away with anything less than a championship. And if they don't, it could be costly because they've got a number of restricted free agents who they can't afford. Mm-hmm. So it, it, what do you do? Because these guys are Braden Point. They're up there in the league lead of goals, but they didn't plan on him being this good. So they didn't save enough money to pay him. So they're going to have to either accept compensation when someone else signs him or they're going to have to trade his rights. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. And that's true for a number of teams. You look at Patrick Laine and Nikolai Ehlers in Winnipeg, Matthew Kachuk in Calgary, Zach Wierenski with the Blue Jackets. There's so many good restricted free agents coming up, including a guy named Austin Matthews. It'll be interesting to see if the Arizona Coyotes maybe try something and and snag him this summer uh, in kind of a sneaky RFA uh, offer sheet kind of deal. It's a little bit frowned upon to pose an offer sheet to a restricted free agent in the NHL. But I think this is the year we see it. Lots of roster shakeups coming. It'll be interesting. Um, on the Blue Jackets front, my boys are number one in the Metropolitan Division right now um, with a goalie who is being a bit of an ass, I might say. Um, Sergei Bobrovsky 
Um, he was suspended from the team for not following team protocol, and he wants a trade, but he might reject a trade just so he can screw the team over. He's a free agent at the end of the year. He will not be back. The hope is that, well, it's a question mark, because do you trade him, trading one of the best goalies in the league, when your backup is a backup, and still wanted to do well in the playoffs, but at least you got something for a guy who's going to leave you anyway. Yeah. Or do you keep him and say, we've got better chances in the playoffs with yeah. one of the best goalies in the league, but we're not going to get anything for him when he leaves us. Yeah. So it's an interesting question to ask. You can ask the same thing with the Blue Jackets' best forward, Artemi Panarin. Um, that's been long documented. But I heard he's not coming back. I heard he's not coming back, too. That's that's That was the rumor. But now there's a meeting, and they're saying it's not for him, but it's definitely about him. Will it be the money? Uh, see see how much see how much money they give him? Exactly, exactly. That's going to be what it is. Money talks. Opposite to Bobrovsky, though, Panarin does not have a no-trade clause. So if they say, maybe we'll sign here, maybe we won't, but we'll have to let you know after the trade deadline, then they're, they're, they've said they're just going to trade him. And doesn't matter what Panarin says, they can do that because he doesn't have the no-move clause. With that said, though, I think the Blue Jackets are going to do everything in their effort, and we've even seen the natives in the public of Columbus starting to market for Panarin to come back and stay. Uh, local distillery in Columbus has a billboard out right now that says, Panarin, if you stay, we'll give you free booze for life. I saw that on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, you sent that my way, and Panarin, I, this bodes well for the Blue Jackets. He took a selfie with that billboard and posted it. Mm-hmm. If you're not even considering coming back, why would you do that? I think it's interesting. I think this whole I'm not coming back thing is a ploy for cash. Additionally, a few days ago, a dentist office did the same thing. Personally, I thought that was a pretty good idea, given that he's a hockey player and he might need some dental work done someday. <laughs> um, but to wrap it all up, the NHL is becoming very, very interesting. All those good teams that were cold are now getting hot. The Tampa Bay Lightning are run, running away with it. And my beloved Blue Jackets are the most interesting team to look at from a roster standpoint, as there's a lot of changes coming. The question is, when? So that's going to be the two-minute power play. Might have gone a little bit over, um, but I think at the end of the day, we buried that biscuit. Yeah, so like, uh, so obviously, as you guys know, we covered a lot of topics today. We're looking at close to an hour on the pod today. Yeah, I'm not surprised. We kind of knew coming into this podcast that we were going to be a while. Catch-up game. Because obviously, we had to catch up for, you know, the four, four and a half, was it, five weeks that we missed. You know, a whole lot of sports, because sports never stops. You know, headlines never stop. News never stops. You know, what sports if, never stop. What if all sports took place in the same season, and then there's a six-month period of, it's the off-season of sports. Free agency pandemonium. Of, of just sports. <laughs> Every single sport has off-season at the same time of like six oh, months. Oh, no. I don't want to live in that world. That world just seems like it would be torture. That would yes. be torture for sports fans like us. Like the dead zone, like the two weeks in the fall. Is the worst time of the year for yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the summertime if your baseball team is not good because then there's nothing on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the NBA finals. Everyone is has their contract with the TV network. That, that, that's the, the worst. If your baseball team is bad, the dog days of summer really become the dog days of summer. Yeah. If your Every, baseball team is bad, everyone talks about that lull between the NFC AFC championship games and the Super Bowl. Like there's nothing to do the, that week in between, guys. The Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Pro Bowl is on. All of the best players in the NFL are gathering onto one stage, guys. Come on. I mean, if that's not the best showing of football I've ever seen, I heard Michael Irvin is a coach this year. Oh, good. And they have the skills challenge. If you want to watch the skills challenge, that they took from the NHL, and they should say thank you because that's that's better than the all. Oh yeah, the skills challenge. Actually, we know the Pro Bowl is is not even watchable, but the skills challenge is actually very fun to watch. Yeah, I wish they because the players actually try. I wish they put an incentive on the Pro Bowl and made it like whichever team wins gets home field advantage in the Super Bowl, like they did with the NBA All Star Game. Yeah, this uh, this past. uh, Oh really? They they just took that away in MLB. They just did. The incentives of this being year, yeah, of home away. field advantage of being in the World Series. Yeah, not right. just the best team with the best record gets it. See, the NHL does it interesting. They do four All Star teams, 
and it's comprised of each division. Mm-hmm. So, um, like the Metropolitan. Yeah, Metropolitan, Atlantic, Pacific, and Central. And each division has a team, but it's a three-on-three tournament. So traditionally, hockey's played five-on-five plus the goalies. And, but with this three-on-three tournament, it's different. And, and the complaint with All-Star games is it's not physical, right? Because no one's trying to get hurt. Well, the nice thing is in three-on-three hockey, which they play in overtime, there's no physicality because it's all about puck possession. Mm-hmm. So the game is not more lackluster because it's an all-star game. You know, game. A 3v3, you know, there's a lot more exactly. open ice. You know, there's a lot more skating around, yeah. you know, electrifying up and down the ice type of hockey. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's the fastest, most skilled guys in the league. So it's it's incredibly fun to watch. And it, in my eyes, they're doing it right. There's also three games, you know, so that's fun. They're a little more the merrier for the fans. Yeah, more exactly. hockey. More hockey exactly. for the fans. And then... Um, they what their incentive is is a million dollars is split between all the winning team, which is kind of silly to me because it's approximately like a fifteen man team. These guys really need what seventy five k, especially if you're an all star. You know you're yeah. already making cash. You're already the best in the world at what you do. Yeah, if you're like you're, you're already you know? making plenty. So that seventy five k, I mean, it's nice. I mean, anybody would want to take seventy five k. I think most guys probably just donate it to charity. Yeah, I'm about to say, but you probably take it to you know donate it, you know, to help somebody. Yeah, you know, just something like that. Yeah, probably. So. Oh, who wins the man of the year this year in the NFL? Kyle Rudolph's my boy. Kyle Rudolph, it'll probably probably be like it's always him or like JJ Watt or something. JJ Watt maybe because of what he did for Hurricane Harvey last year, it'll probably be him again. Mm-hmm. You know, each team has a candidate. Every team has a candidate. So mm-hmm. I think for the Bengals, it's Carlos Dunlap, but I they're not gonna yeah, give the Bengals player like any children's organization yeah, or something. They're not gonna give a Bengals player any awards, so it's definitely not gonna be him. Yeah. So we'll see. Either I'll, way, I'll, whoever I'll, wins it is a deserving. Obviously, they do a lot in their community, mm-hmm. and it's. You know, it's uh, it's praiseable. It's very praiseable. So. We didn't even talk about Marvin leaving. Well, we'll we'll get into the, all the coaching changes in Ohio next week. Is the Reds have a new manager? The Bengals have a new manager. The Cleveland Cleveland Cavaliers fired Tyron Lue. Ohio State has a new head coach. You know, so Ohio's at a debacle. Yeah, we're 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 gonna have a whole podcast. You know, uh, just dedicated to the new coaches, the new heads of the systems in Ohio. We'll definitely get to that. For those Ohio fans who are big bandwagons, I guess this is when you jump on the Browns train. This is when you jump on the OSU train. Oh, and the Browns, yeah. Yeah. I just forgot to mention the Browns. They have a new head coach. You jump on the OSU train. You jump on the Blue Jackets train. You might want to wait till next year to jump on the Reds train. Yeah, Yeah, Reds may have one more year. Because the Cubs are still that team. St. Louis just signed Paul Goldschmidt. The Brewers are still, I guess. Good team. NL Central. You can <laughs> MVP make... Christian Yelich, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. NL Central, that, that might be the best division of baseball this year. Yeah. There's not, there's not a, competitive. There's so, not a bad team in this division. So if, the if the Reds. Can we just relegate the Pirates? Can we just yeah. relegate them? Oh, yeah, the Send Pirates. Them to minors. Yeah. <laughs> Send them to minors. Yeah, the so four team. out of the five teams are going to be really good. Yeah. Three of them are going to be, like, maybe excellent, and the Reds maybe might be okay this year. Yeah, they're respectable. Yeah. The but record two, might not be if, they, if that if the division's as good as it looks, be, yeah. looks to be. But, like, three to four, you know, solid teams. When's the last time they had a 500 year at the Reds? Uh, it's that the year that they won the, they were in the wild card. When they and lost they got, to Was that 2012? 13. 13? When okay. Roy Holiday threw a no-hitter? Was that that year? No, that, no, was, that, was, year, that was 2010. Yeah, yeah, that was the first year they won the division. And then they next the year after that, they stunk. Then 2012 was the heartbreak. And then the year after that, they made it to the wild card. And then after that was, was that the, the Giants. That was the rebuild. Yep. Yeah, the Giants was the heartbreak. Buster Posey. Yeah, and then next year was the Pirates. Uh, it's, uh, again, the division. You play people in division, and we got beat. And then after that was when the uh, rebuild started. The mm. the Frazier, Bruce, and all Phillips getting rid of these guys. And yeah, As we know, it's been voted before by the nation. Cincinnati is the number one heartbreak city in America when it comes to sports. I don't know how you can debate it. I mean, since 1990... Both of the Cincinnati teams have been just bad or just giving you heartbreak Heartbreak twice. Do we have a playoff series win since 1990? No. We have two playoff wins, and that was in the series against the Giants. 
the Bengals not, not a have series win. Cincinnati has two playoff wins. Yeah. But since not 1990. And not on. even an advancement into the next round. Just they were wins. just in a series, yeah. Oh my. And those were back to back, and then we lost three yeah, straight games. <laughs> they lost three straight games, yeah. Two playoff wins since, since 1990. Since the last time they won, when they won the championship, but since then. That's an average of one playoff win every 15 years. It's been 29. Your kid who's learning how to drive, he's experienced one playoff win on average. But actually, no, he hasn't. Your 30-year-old kid who's learning how to drive, he's experienced too. 28 years. (laughs) 28 years since the Cincinnati team has advanced to the next round in the playoffs. 28 years. And that was a championship too. Yeah. But nothing but hope going up, right? Wire to wire, thirty-year reunion. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> They're gonna have that celebration before they before yeah. they have another celebration. You know, oh, right man. now it looks like the Reds are the biggest hope because the Bengals. You know, Zach Taylor. We'll see. We're gonna talk about Zach Taylor too when we talk about these coaches. The Reds. You know, they're looking up as we talked about. So they're they're our only hope. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Even like, can you trust them? No. You no. Need, all you do is hope for the best. Yeah. You you uh, expect the worst and pray for the best. Pray for the best. All you yeah, do. That's all you can do is pray for the best. That's that's what I do in all sports. Yeah. That's why I've lost a lot of money on DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and trudge yourself and then whatever happens, happens. Tyrod Taylor's gonna go off. Wait, Baker Mayfield's starting? Oh. Oh great. Yeah. <laughs> Mayfield ended up being a monster too. Yeah, yeah he so. did, he did. A lot of respect going his way into a lot of athletes' way. We've got a lot of question marks as far as roster shakeups go in all sports. Yeah. It's really, really exciting. And we'll get to those in the upcoming weeks. We yeah, love exactly. sports, man. We love sports. If there's one thing to take away from this episode though. Remember my Toronto Raptors prediction. Because when I'm right, it's going to be a glorious day. You want to put a non-money baseline bet here? You want to you do something here? Yeah. There's no money on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't just slide a bill over to the other side of the table. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Uh, a lot of interesting storylines. And I think we're going to have to touch base with you guys next week. We are long on time. Yeah, and, we, we're uh, probably going for like yeah. an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, our last two pods have been long ones. You know, yeah. Nate Clark before break and us three after break. And yeah. the funny thing is, this is after about 30 minutes of sports talk before we even start recording. Yeah. So we have a bad habit of starting, like having podcast conversation before the podcast <laughs> We starts. do a whole podcast before we record right. the podcast. Exactly. Sure. Behind the scenes episode. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the players stretch, we warm up our vocal cords, you know. So yeah. once again, thanks so much for listening. We're going to catch you guys next week. For Leo Saylor, Safwan Avi, and Ryan Poli, we're signing off. Catch you later. Peace. Peace.